0: Hello. Okay, there we go. Today, what we um, thought we would do is we would have an interview. Come on up, Jen. Um, whenever you start a church, and this is a lot of stuff, I didn't know. We didn't have a clue what we were doing when we started the church. We just felt like God had called us to do a church that um, that people, well, really a church for people who don't like church, because our whole goal from the very beginning was we wanted to start out and we wanted to have um, a place that was fun. We said laughing is okay. God is the God that likes laughter. He invented laughter. So we said we want to have fun. We want to do things that make people laugh. But we also wanted to make a place where people could hear very practical, um, things from God's Word. Um, the Bible is, is the only book that I have ever discovered that today, things were written four to six thousand years ago are still relevant today. And that's because the God of the universe, the God who created the universe, Um, Through 40 different authors over a period of about 1,500 different years, composed the Bible. Now, he didn't dictate it, you know, where they were just writing it. But God, through circumstances and through um, the personalities of 40 different authors, he had the Bible written over 1,500 years and, and on several different areas as well. And it's the only book I know of that when you read it, it reads you. As you're reading it, you begin to see yourself in in the, the pages of Scripture. And if you read, I mean, just read Proverbs. Proverbs is incredibly uh, applicable to, to today. And so um, we said we want to build a church where people want to come, where they want to invite their friends, where it's a safe environment for people to hear about God. A God who loves them, but a God who loves them too much to leave them where they are. A God who wants to... Um, Take them where they are and, and make them into better people. Make them into folks who look more like His Son, Jesus Christ. And so that's what we've tried to do over four years. And and you saw the picture of when we started the church. What we did, it wasn't... We didn't do anything the way they tell you you should start a church. We did everything backwards. Um, but what we did was we just called some friends and said, Hey, we're going to start a church. And there were seven original couples that first Saturday night. We did it on a Saturday night. And... Uh, Wes and Jen were, were one of those couples, and what they tell you, I've been to all kinds of church planting things since then, since that time, and they tell you that within the first two years, you lose your core. You start with a core of seven, they said within two years, 24 months, everybody will be gone. So I guess we did something right, because we kept four out of seven couples, um, and uh, that's, that's against the odds. And so a few months ago... Um, I interviewed Wes Jen Jen is normally downstairs if you had never seen her before um, She's usually downstairs. She, she has a children's class that she teaches. She leads in kids worship downstairs And one of the things we said when we build the church, we've got to have a place where kids want to come Where we emphasize that and so it is a fun environment If you've never seen it, you ought to volunteer just to see what goes on down there because it's a lot of fun But that's Jen's downstairs. So a few months ago. I, I interviewed Wes because we were talking about finances, the things that that keep coming up in, in our you know in a church where you've got a lot of young couples is finances, marriage, parenting. Um, those issues come up, so we come back to those often. And I, I knew Wes's condition financially. He had shared some of that with me years ago. I I've known both of them for ten years. Um, Jennifer was in my youth group, and Wes was in the college. Uh, Age at the time? Yeah, when she started pursuing you. That's right. There's a lot of age difference here. Uh, she pursued Let's not get into that, please. Thank you. I, well, I wasn't even going there until <laughs> you started laughing. Uh, seven years you chased him, right? Yeah. And we'd say, Wes, you going out with Jen? I, I, I don't like her.
1: <laughs> he would. He would tell her
0: he didn't like her, and finally she's like, you know, I don't kiss someone who's not my boyfriend. The sermon
1: is stalling. Yeah. Okay. Back on
0: track. Several months ago, uh, back in January, I, I talked to Wes about um, their financial situation. And it was, it was not a pretty financial situation. And he, he graciously agreed to come forward and, and talk to the church about what was going on. And so, um, kind of tell me, I, we went through this the other day. I went over to their house and we talked about this. Tell us a little bit about your financial condition when you got married um, five years ago.
1: Can we turn him down the monitor? Yeah, I, mean, I can't concentrate
0: at all. We're in a barrel up here. <laughs> That's so cool. I don't know if you can hear that, but we can it's hear it quite well. That's really irritating. <laughs> what
1: was the question?
0: Hey, it's AD. me in the monitor. Too. He has ADD, so he loses it. Okay, question was, uh, financial condition when, when you guys got married five years ago.
1: Well, um, is this even on anymore?
0: Yeah, you're on, dude. Oh, don't mind me taking my mic. Um not hearing it through the monitor.
1: Um, well, I had quite a bit of credit card debt. Um, I kind of did a lot of stuff. Uh, let me, before I say what I was about to say, I put myself through college on my credit card. That's eating and, and a couple, little bit of tuition, stuff like that. I, and I'm not going to lie, I bought a bunch of base stuff because I was into that. <laughs> um, I just racked up huge credit card debt um, on three different credit cards. Um, you know, it was at the time I was thinking, eh, I've got a, I've got a good job. I've got basically no you know, no real bills, so why not? And then uh I got married and I was thinking, well, with the two of us, with our both of our incomes, maybe we can help pay down some of this debt and, and for some reason it doesn't work that way. So we were between twenty four and twenty seven thousand dollars in the hole and that's not including any car payments or anything like that. This um, was unsecured debt. We also had I had my truck payment, she had her car payment.
0: On top of the twenty four to twenty seven thousand unsecured debt. So that was lots of
1: fun. uh, So what did
0: you do? How did you begin to attack this problem, this debt problem you had?
1: Well, we were married in May, and uh, then we realized after about five, six months of marriage that we started living on credit cards. We started, you know, if we didn't have the money at the end of the month, so we'd just go buy food on a credit card, or we'd do this with a credit card. We realized that what we were paying off on it, we were putting it back on times two. And we realized that we were never going to get out of debt if we didn't actually commit to something. That uh, it was just going to get worse and worse. So uh, in November we cut up all of our credit cards. The only the only credit card that we have is a gas card because um, I do I still do a lot of driving and I didn't want to have to try to carry a checkbook around. If you ever dealt with checks and gas stations, it's tons of fun. Anyway, um, we kept that, but other than that, we cut up all of our credit cards and just started trying it. Um, I called Doug um, asking what kind of uh, credit card repayment agencies and that kind of stuff. Uh, was out there and available. And uh, um, he mentioned CCCS, which is con- Credit Consumer, consumer Credit Council. Some counseling. something, something S. And uh, <laughs> so uh, so I gave them a call. We got all set up on that. And that was November of 2001 that we started that. And um, basically, they just took out of my, um, uh, my banking account before I even saw it. You know, at the beginning of the month, they would take out money and and I didn't have to pay credit cards. So that's what at least I thought. But uh, it was very, very difficult to live day to day like that because we just didn't have any money. We were paying six hundred a month. Yeah, we were paying 615, uh, $615, a month. $615 a month just before anything else happened. And we were just barely making it. And uh, Now,
0: let me ask you, this this debt that you had, what do you have to show for that? <laughs> Woody? <laughs> that base right there? Is the there awesome anything else for the 27000 $27, No, that's it. That's about Just it. Just the base
1: of the amp. <laughs> because
0: when you're in college and when you're when you're charging at Taco Bell, um, well, that doesn't I, show up after case, five I years. In that case, I do have
1: something to show for it. I got <laughs> I think that's thirty more since You of got me. married, right? I
0: okay. I that woman got me. Yeah. Now you you made the point the other day. She likes her <laughs> men.
1: She likes her men fat. Okay. There's more to
0: love. Um, <laughs> you mentioned when you got married that. The, what's the only thing, only debt you brought into the marriage?
2: I had my car payment. That was it. So
0: car payment, so...
2: But I never had credit cards. I mean, I was young, and so I, mean, I hadn't had time to get into debt. Now how young were you? I was 19 when we got married. 19.
0: So you were legal then, right? I, I think I checked that before I did the vows, because I wanted to make sure that I wasn't contributing to the delinquency of a minor. Um, so, you, you only brought your card payment in, but it is so easy when you have plastic. We talked about this, that you don't even think about, if you have cash, you know, I tend to hold on to the cash a little bit better. If you got the credit card, and now they've got the ones you don't even have to swipe, you know, you just flash it up there and it, it charges it on there. And it makes it very easy to, uh, to charge things up. Now, the reason I wanted to come back and talk to this, Wes gave us just a very quick... Um, Overview back in January when I when I interviewed him, but some amazing things have happened since January. Um, tell us a little bit about that. Back in January, you were down. I think you said around twelve thousand dollars in debt. This is after four over four years of, of paying. You still had about twelve thousand, but you cut it in half. Right. But but within two months, you've gone from twelve thousand down to what? Seven
2: hundred.
0: Seven hundred, and I thought this is
2: pretty cool. Since um, in March, since since, March.
0: Well, yeah, in March. But but it started in, in March and then some things happened. Now, kind of tell us what happened. What was the situation when when things began to happen?
2: We had slowly been... Our goal was for me to be a stay-at-home mom. So, like, i had slowly jumped around from all these different things. And our, my income had slowly been cut back and cut back. And and all those things? <sighs> anyway, and so um, we decided... The middle of March, It was it was like... In our mind, we were going to keep my income for another year or so until we got out of debt. And that was like our plan. Well, then in the middle of March, it was very clear that God was saying, Nope, it's time now. And, uh, and that, had you
0: continued to do it, it was about two years, you said. Yeah, month. it would have been about
2: one to two years of we would still be in debt. And so it was kind of, it was scary because you're like, But God, we still have all this debt. And you're telling me to get rid of this income. And How are we going to make it? And so, but... That afternoon, I called Wes, and he said, yes, yeah, Tom. And so, we were like, okay, we're going to do it. We're going to lose my income, and we're just going to live off of his.
0: Now, when you when you added up, how much the bills were, yeah. how much were you short?
2: We were short 600 That night, after we'd made all the decisions, and Wes was like, God will provide. And so, I started doing the math, and I was like, ugh. And so, I was like, we were 600 short. I mean, cutting anything that we could cut, we were still that much short.
0: Still going to owe $600 that they did not have, would yeah. not have coming in.
2: So, and... And so I told Les that not, um, you know, because he's like, We've gotta provide. and Wes is real
1: upbeat about yeah. it. Yeah.
2: So I'm the negative one, but how are you going to provide? Um, and so I started thinking about it, and I thought, you know, I don't think it's an accident that, that the money we were short was $600, and that was our CCCS payment every month. And I said, I told Wes, I don't think that's an accident. I think we need to, I think God is telling me that we need to call the creditors and talk to them and work and we need to settle with them this month. I said, because after next month, the money, she's not going to be there. And, um, and he oh, was like, yeah. tells
1: me, I think we should call them. I think they'll just let us not have to pay anymore. And I was like, then you call. I'm not calling. I'm not making that call. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. There's nobody going to tell us that, no, you don't have to pay all that back. I was thinking, there's no way. She started making some calls, and I get a phone call in the middle of the day, in the middle of class, mind you. And uh, I go back there, and she's like, guess what, guess
2: what? And well, uh, our biggest
1: creditor decided to, you know, cut it in half, you know, and that was a big deal.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, so, so they
0: settled with you. Yeah, I mean,
2: it. we said, I had to call out like, the first time, the first guy okay. I talked to was awful. Well, she was kind of like, we can, we can do this, and so I, Got the phone, I called Ann and Stan, and I'm like, okay, hey, tell me this, what should I do? And they're giving me more advice, so I called back, and that lady I didn't like at all. And so I'm like, said, third I don't like your
0: answer. Right?
2: <laughs> that's what I told her, I said, I don't like the answer. And so <laughs> and I hung up, and then I called back, and finally, the third day I talked to, she was really nice, and she was like, well, we can do a settlement, but it's going to do this and this to you. And I was like, we were weighing the options. And what was really cool was that the only one, the three creditors that we had, the only one that would work with us, was the one that we had the most debt. I mean, because we we still owed them, like, over $8,000. And the other two were, we could deal with the payments, just the minimum payments, we could deal with those. Um, And so, but they wouldn't work with us at all. So, the other one did. We settled. uh, We were scraping, like, Everything that we can, When we had gotten our tax return and then we had saved up some money in savings because we didn't have credit cards. So that was our only backup. If something happened in the month, that was the only place to get money was our savings. And so we would finally built it up and I was thinking, oh, this is nice. And then, you know, we had to drain it back down for I this. Told, I sold yeah. my
1: car. And
2: okay. what, was, what was cool is that you have been trying to sell your car for months um, and it had not sold. And then when all this started taking place, within just a couple of weeks, he sells it. And so we were able to pay off the second one. And so now we're just down to the one, and so.
0: And during all this thing, that one that wouldn't work with them. One of them was about nine hundred dollars. It's down to seven hundred dollars. Right. And so, when you go to bed at night, do you feel better having um, seven hundred dollars debt, or would you rather have twelve right. thousand in debt? With,
2: you know? <laughs> it's a relief.
0: Okay. okay, now I got a I got a dumb question for you here. Um, in in the course of the four years that we have been a church. Um, I went back and I looked up with their permission I went back and I looked up how much money they have given to the church over four years you guys have given $10,900 to New Life Community Church over a period of four years now my question is isn't that stupid to do if you've got $24,000 in debt? no in a way it
2: is
0: yeah
2: (laughs) (laughs) I think it logically yeah now,
0: why in the world would you commit money to New Life Community Church when you've got this debt? What What was your thinking process?
1: Ever since I was 21, uh, we went through a program called Experiencing God. And that's when the light bulb went on for me as far as uh, what the Christian life was all about and that kind of stuff. Um, and ever since then, I've timed Whatever church I've gone to, I've given 10%. And I've always, because I'm... I know that I won't if I don't do this, but when I get my check it's ten percent right off of that and it's and it's gone the very first check I write every month um, because if I know that if I pay off my bills and then all I have left is my tithe payment, I'm probably not going to give it and so I, I go ahead and I, i've just i've always God's always taken care of me and my family um, he took care of it when it was just me and my mom, he took care of me whenever it's just me and me and jennifer and and I've never stopped tithing and I figured if I stopped diving, maybe it stopped providing for me.
0: Um, so basically, for ten know. years, you've been practicing this, yeah. Yeah. even okay. before you got married, and it's not a big deal anymore. I'm now, just write the check. Jennifer shared though I, that when she began taking over, yeah. she took over the finances of the house. Tell us about your thought yeah. process.
2: I was the one that was always worried about it, and so Wes's thing was, "Well, there's no reason for both of us to stress about it. So go ahead and take it and do it." And so I did. And I, my thing was, is I'd add up all the bills. And then we're like, oh, for sure. It's not like, you know, where's like, what payment do I pay? The electric bill or a tithe. And it was just that, you know, you want to tithe but you want get when you to saw the tithe?
0: math. And,
2: <laughs> and so and it was hard for me in the beginning when I first started doing it. And I started, we were on and off kind of for that first year. And then by the second year, I was like, okay, I've really got to crack down and do what God is telling us. Because he says, if you love me, you will obey my commands. And this is a command. and um, and so I stopped adding up the bills, and the first I went, did what Wes did, I did the first check, I would write um, the tie check, and then I'd go and add up all the bills, but um, and so, but even now I don't even do that, I just open the bills and I just pay them as I go along, and I can't explain it, I mean, God's, I mean, our finances have gone up and down, you know, I've made more money, I've made less money, I'm not making any money, And um, but God has always provided. I don't know how. His math is just not your math. Because I think, you know, our bills have not changed this whole time. We basically have had the same stuff. Yet the income coming in has changed so much. But yet there's never been a month where we haven't had the money to pay something, where we ever have gone without, when there's ever been a need. God has always provided that. Strangely
1: yeah. enough, though, there's never been a month where we've had excess money. <laughs> it's <Yeah>. weird.
0: <laughs> we get to the end of the month and yeah. the money's gone. And that's, that's, a that's a good it. point, though, because the Bible says that God will provide for your needs, not your greeds. Yeah. And and what we're what we're not saying here, we, we talked about this the other day at their house. What we're not saying here is that you, you know, you too can drive a Lexus if you'll only get 10% <laughs> of your income. <laughs> um, that is not what we're saying. What we're saying is they made a commitment um, five years ago. To begin getting out of debt. You know, the light bulb went on that, hey, this isn't working. If we're making minimum payments, we're going to pay for about 33 years before we get this stuff paid off. And that's if you don't add to the credit card debt. But they made a commitment to start doing things right. But at the same time, they made a commitment as a couple that we are going to give to God. And knowing what you know about our church and the people that we have reached, and even today when we have baptism, is the $10,000, do you regret giving that to God?
2: I wish it could have been more. I mean, I just look at what the church has done for us. I mean, y'all are our family. I mean, I don't know what Literally, we would do I mean, Yeah, people. I mean, that. I mean, something goes on in our lives. We have somebody to pick up the phone and call, whether it's good or right. bad, and 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 just seeing people's lives change. I mean, that's just that's priceless.
0: Right. We should have done a commercial. <laughs> now, oh, let me ask you this: you. How long have you two been Christians? Oh man. Followers of Christ. 16 years. 16 uh, years?
2: Eight or so.
0: Okay, how old are you now? 24. Actually, 24, okay, so it's about 16 years. Um, let me ask you this. Why? Now, you've been Christians for a long time, you'd always been involved in church for a long time. Why did you come to new life when we opened up the doors June 22nd, 2002?
1: You called? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So they hey, dude, going to come leave worship and start a
0: church. I was like, okay.
2: Well, we were tired where we were. It was <laughs> a... real
0: spiritual answer there. Right. You. You're What's a giant that, among men. that you up encourage yeah. encourages you to. But that's the easy answer. This is the real answer. Let's go to Jen for the spiritual answer.
2: Uh-huh. <laughs> well, that last year when you left South Bod and we're kind of, you know, just being off death And I kept telling Wes that Doug just needs to start a church. And then. And so when he did it, that was just a, an answer to prayer. But I just knew we had the same vision. I mean, you know, we wanted to reach people, and we didn't want to do it. Some of the churches are so, well, this is the way we've always done it. And to bring people from the outside in, they have to conform to what, the way you want to do it. And we're not like that. We will do anything to reach people. I mean, we'll try anything. It may not work. But, I mean, we're willing to change us. I mean, not... In the deep ways but to try anything to get people to realize that you know the life they can have with god
0: so it was the idea of doing church differently than you'd done it that yeah. appealed to you um so you've been here four years now why did you stay because because there was a time that you did not feel connected to the church and you felt well just tell us a little bit about that
2: what was um, I even cried to Wes like every night. I just I was very lonely, and um, like we had people here, but we hadn't really made a connection with anybody. And it probably didn't help that we lived like 20 minutes outside of town, you know, away from everybody. But um, it was just a very lonely time, and I was very frustrated because I felt like you know everybody's reaching everybody else, but you know what about me? And um, and Wes kind of slapped me in the face, not literally, but you know he kind of said you know well what are you doing to reach out to them? I mean the people that are already here, you know. You expect them to come to you or, you know, to come and invite you to do stuff. You know, it's like, when have we invited somebody to, over for dinner? Or when have you t- gone up and talked to them? And it was just kind of like, it made me realize I had a very me attitude that's all about me. And I also wasn't doing anything in the church. I was kind of in between stuff. And I, know, I really didn't have a purpose here. And then uh, it was at a conference, went to the Woodlands. Was that where we went? Yeah. Okay. And... Uh, I was sitting in the children's, because I've been kind of working in the children's area, but I thought, well, I'll work there until God shows me what my ministry is. And then in that conference, it kind of, this light bulb came on, and I was like, hey, this is my ministry. And because I enjoyed it. I loved being down there. And you think I would have included in a little bit earlier that maybe that's what I was supposed to be doing.
0: Well, yeah, because you've been working with children since you were a teenager. Yeah,
2: and so. And,
0: and all of us knew that she was very good at it. And we would say, Jen, you want to work with children? I do that all the time, you know, and so several of us were suggesting that because she was so good at it But she was looking for a ministry She wasn't realizing that God had already prepared her heart for that ministry, right? And you used to go home you said and you would say because we've said from the beginning If we have to make a choice between reaching people who are Christians and reaching people who are non-Christians That we'll choose non-Christians because the, the, the alternative is this if a Christian moves to another church They are their their eternity is settled and and they can serve there and they can give there until they die or until Jesus returns. But we've always said the alternative is if someone does not know God and if we don't do everything we can to reach them, the alternative is they spend an eternity separated from God in a place called hell. And every time I think about the flames of hell and the torment of hell, as Jesus Christ himself described it, I say it is unacceptable for us to ignore people who are far from God. And so, um, you used to say, why are we spending so much time? I didn't know this at the time. I know this now. Why are we spending so much time trying to reach people outside the church instead of taking care of people inside the church? Right? That's, that, well, yeah, those yeah. were about your words.
2: Mm, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> According to Wes. You know, <laughs> I guess, yeah, we filter everything through
0: Wes. Um, but, but what changed for you was when you discovered your ministry. Yeah. And, and kind of talk about um, your attitude, how it changed, and, and how you feel mm. about the church now.
2: I mean, it once I start getting involved you stop you know just talking about all the problems it has and you start trying to find solutions and you become part of it and so it becomes your passion of you know well this and this may be wrong but how can we fix it how can we make it better Uh, and at the same time when you start working with other people that are also serving that's when you really start to form these bonds with people and it's not something I've got to go do this at church or I have to go teach today it's you're excited about it because you're going to have this group that's family that you're going to get to do it with and you have somebody to do life with and that's I mean that's amazing when you have that so and that's that's when my attitude changed that's when I stopped thinking about me and I still think about me and sometimes it's like I want to go do lunch with somebody but I take action I don't just sit there and whine about it I do something about it
0: so basically, we, back in the youth group, we used to talk about seven steps of how we were going to reach this city for Christ. First step, we were going to make integrity friendships with people who are far from God. And if you go through our class 101, we talk about this. Um, make friendships with people who do not know God. And then, you know, at some point you're going to have to tell them you're a Christian. At some point you're going to tell them about why you have hope in this world. You go all the way down to step seven. Step seven is take ownership of the church. Um, ownership means you have a place that is yours, that you are pouring back in. It's not just enough to give your money, because I've been in lots of churches. I was a youth minister in, in uh, different Baptist churches for 19 years before we started this church. And, um, and, and we always talked about it's not enough just to give your money. Really, it's easier to give your money than it is to give your time, because your time is your life. You can make more money, but you can't make more time. And so when you, when you give your time, you are literally giving your life to the cause of Christ, and, and in this case, to New Life Community Church. And so when you started doing that, Wes, from the beginning, had given his life to the church, and that's why their attitudes were different. He said to her, Jennifer, I don't feel the same way you do. And he said, why don't you get involved? And when you got involved, this became not just a place you attend, but this became, you know, really your, an extension of your home and an extension of your family. And so that's what we want to encourage you to do. The, the whole reason New Life was started was we wanted to be a life-saving station. Um, in, in the East Coast, years ago, they had life-saving huts along the coast. And these life-saving huts, the whole reason they were built, there was nothing special about them. There were, there were um, cots in there. There was just enough you know, water and bread and stuff to sustain you. The reason they started these life-saving huts is because just off of the shore where you couldn't really see, there were all kinds of rocks and all kinds of reefs and there were there were ships that were going down. And they said, this is unacceptable, that anyone should die if there's something that we could do. And they came up with this motto, and the motto was, you must go out. You don't have to come back. That's not the best motto, you know. Put that slogan on the t-shirt and wear it. You know, you have to go out, but you don't have to come back. But they were saying, if there's anybody ever in trouble... You have to go out. If you give your life, that's all right. But you have to go and try to rescue someone. And down through the years, what's sad is you can actually go back to the East Coast and you can see these life-saving huts up and down the East Coast. And now they're museums. There's not anybody in there anymore. And what happened in several cases was they turned these huts. They said, let's, let's get some donations and let's, let's build this a little nicer and before long, what they started doing was celebrating everything they've done in the past, all the lives they've saved in the past. And it became this whole country club type atmosphere with nice tables, nice chairs, nice beds um, for the folks to come into. And they got complacent and they got lazy and they quit going out. And now all of these life-saving huts are museums. And, and there's one still today that they have a reunion of all the people who used to be life-savers They come back and they have this wonderful party and they remember the good old days. And it reminds me a lot of churches. Remember the good old days when we used to be obsessed with reaching people who were going down. But today, all we do is talk about the past in a lot of churches. And we said that's unacceptable. We want to reach people who are going down. And so we always have to come back to this and say, you got to go out. You don't have to come back. But we want to give our lives for something that that is greater than a building, greater than a slogan. You know, we don't want to play church at New Life. And and I'm grateful to God for Wes and Jen. Um, The other original couples, uh, Rick and Sandy Gleason. Sandy's the one that's in our nursery. And she has taken ownership in that nursery from day one. She will rarely come up here. Jen, it was it was prying her to get her up here today because she said, not that I don't want to go up here. I said, yeah, I know. You just don't want to hear me preach. Um, but she said, I, I care about what's going on downstairs. Sandy cares about what's going on downstairs. Um, I just went blank. Alex and Danielle are, are the other couple. Janie and me, Wes and Jen, Rick and Sandy, and Alex and Danielle from the, that original picture that you saw up there. From, from day one, Alex and Danielle have taken ownership Of what goes on Alex does all of the the graphics All of the videos And it's excellent I've been telling him for 10 years He makes me better than I really am Because of what he does with all of this video stuff Y'all remember that a lot longer than my teaching A lot longer than my talking Um, Danielle works down in the children's area And that is her area She takes ownership of that We desperately want to reach people Who are going down And that's why we started the church and so, because Wes and Jen were willing to get up here and bear their souls before you, um, we want to give them uh, some gifts to say thank you for giving their lives to the church. Uh, you, from the beginning, even when Wes was leading worship, we didn't pay him. We couldn't pay him. We couldn't pay, we couldn't pay me Unworthy. some of the times. You what?
1: It wasn't very good anyway, so it wasn't worth it. wasn't worth it. But he
0: said, I'm, his words were, man, if you need to pay somebody else, Pay them. Don't don't worry about paying me. And so they've given not only money, not only time, but they've given their lives. And I consider them close friends because because they want to give their... We're we are on the same... Fellowship really means two fellows on the same ship. My wife and I have been on several cruises with my parents. And you're going to the same destination. And it sure makes life easier if you get along with the people that are going on that destination with you. And, and we share that same vision. And sometimes we need to just get together and have a little huddle and be reminded of why we do what we do. And it gets exciting, you know, and then we're like, yeah, we all put our hands in, oh yeah, I'm in, I'll, I'll go again. Break, and we take off, we got to go try to find some people to reach for Christ. So we want to give them some gifts, and, and the one we're giving to Jen is... Are getting our 10 grand back? <laughs> no, man. You didn't uh-huh. get 10 grand back. Uh, we got Jen a massage... Yeah. To Jamie's therapeutic touch, full-service day spa, um, so we got her that. And because Wes is is uh, so musically inclined and talented and everything, we got him the little iPod to say thank you for uh, all of the things that, that he has done. Uh, y'all give them a hand. Y'all, y'all go ahead and do this. What we've done to finish up today, before we have baptism, before we go out and play and, and celebrate... We've kind of put together a four-year compilation of things that have happened here. You know, we are very video-driven, and uh, so we just wanted to, to remind you of some of the stuff. We've done some crazy stuff through the years, and this is a reminder of four years of fun stuff that we've done at New Life.
1: I love you. You love me. We're a happy family with a great big hug and a kiss from me to you. Won't you say you love me too?
2: That's nothing.
0: West's permission to do that. If, you, if you've been here in the last few months, you notice that we haven't done a lot of video about Wes, and, and several of you have mentioned that you have missed uh, watching Wes on video. We gave him a break, but we decided we're giving him a present today and saying thank you. We had to do the best of West. So that's what that was today. Um, we're going to pray, and then we're going to gather right over here when we get all of our uh, baptism folks ready. I think we got five folks that we're baptizing today. And that's the celebration. Then we'll go downstairs. The way we're going to do um, lunch is so we got a bunch of tables out there. We're going to take the tables, put them in the shade over here on the grassy area. We'll get uh, the food down there just as quick as we can. We'll go through lines, have fun with the food. And then there's all kinds of uh, wet and crazy games that we're going to play this afternoon for a picnic. And you're all invited to stay. Um, you don't have to get wet if you don't want to, but uh, if you want to, you can do that. Let's pray together and then we'll come over here and, and we'll have baptism in about five minutes when we get everybody over there. Father, thank you for your son, Jesus, and thank you that um, you love us and that you have changed our hearts and you've changed our lives. And I thank you that you have uh, brought every person who's here today. It's no accident that they're here. And I pray that if they don't have a church home, that this might be the place that they come and they, they plug their lives in. Um, we want to be a church for people who don't like church. And God, from what I've seen, there's a bunch of people like that out there. So we've got a lot of folks left to reach. Help us to do that in the future. And we pray that um, that great things would happen through new life that would honor you and change people's lives. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.